Hello, and welcome to The Context. My name is Scott Pruitt, and I'm an anchor with News China. With our podcast, we aim to provide insight into the current trends of modern China, allowing you to clearly see what's happening today through a historical lens. Today we're going to talk about a famous traditional Chinese painting that has, despite its understated solemnity, endured the kind of tumultuous life you might see depicted in one of the many costume dramas so popular on Chinese TV these days. Anyone who has spent any time recently strolling around famous historical tourist attractions such as the Forbidden City or Old Summer Palace in Beijing, or perhaps the West Lake in Hangzhou, has undoubtedly observed quite a few young ladies wearing hanfu, the traditional clothing of the Han Chinese ethnicity. And while they do pose for a lot of pictures, and who doesn't these days, that's not the main reason they choose to wear it. Because for these young people, they aren't playing dress-up. And this isn't cosplay. This is one of the ways they connect with China's rich cultural past. In recent years, it's become quite evident that China's cultural confidence is flourishing, and these Hanfu enthusiasts are an outward sign that, within the collective consciousness of the nation, looking inward is an increasingly common source of strength. And it's not only cultural confidence that's booming. Hanfu business is booming as well, with II Media reporting a 30-fold increase in retail earnings between 2015 and 2020, skyrocketing from 27 million to 900 million US dollars during that period. Numbers like that indicate a trend that goes far beyond any short-term fad. Not surprisingly, the popularity of certain TV dramas about China's ancient past helped to kickstart the industry. But all those designs, the clean lines, the contrasting colors, the aesthetic nature of those fabrics in certain environments, they all have a specific source of reference, and that reference can be found in traditional Chinese painting. As one of the oldest continuous art forms in the world, traditional Chinese painting dates back thousands of years, with painters mostly applying their mastery to silk or paper scrolls, using a variety of brushes, dyes, and inks, rather than the oil-based paint on canvas familiar to Western art lovers. Now, if you were to look at a list of the most famous of these paintings, you might first notice that the artistic tradition seems to have fully established itself during the Tang Dynasty, spanning the years 618 to 907. But you would also notice that certain paintings seem to always appear in the top few of every critic's list. One of these would be The Nymph of the Luo River by Gu Kaijiu. Another would be Court Ladies Adorning Their Hair with Flowers by Zhou Fang. And you can tell from this painting why so many young ladies are fans of Hanfu. But there's another painting that always makes it into the top three, and that's the painting we're going to tell you about today. Known in English as Emperor Taizong Receiving the Tibetan Envoy, the painting Bunian Tu depicts a meeting between Tang Emperor Taizong 
and Gar Tongsen Yulsung, a special envoy sent by Tibetan king Songsen Gampo to propose a marriage alliance with the Tang in the year 640. What it doesn't show is how much bad blood there had been in the years leading up to this historically significant moment. The painter of Bunian Tu was Yan Li Bun, who is considered one of the Tang dynasty's greatest painters. Yan was the court painter for three different emperors and is credited for documenting significant people of his day, including scholars, generals, deities, and foreign envoys, like this one from Tibet. Painted on a durable type of silk, Bunian Tu is 129.6 centimeters long by 38.5 centimeters wide and is now part of the collection at the Palace Museum in Beijing. Now for you to understand the significance of this event, we need to go over some of the background that led up to this royal marriage. On the groom's side of the aisle, we have Songsen Gampo, who lived from 617 to 650 and was the 33rd king of Tibet and founder of the Tubua regime of the Tibetan Empire. During his reign, he conquered many other tribes, united the Tibetan Empire, and moved his capital to Luoxie, where Lhasa stands today. He established the political, cultural, military, economic, and legal systems of the empire, and fostered the development of farming and stock breeding. Under his rule, Tibet grew strong and prospered. Now representing the bride, we have the Tang Dynasty, one of the most powerful dynasties in Chinese history. Thus, it was common practice for neighboring nations and tribes to claim allegiance with the Tang and paid tributes to the imperial court. Similar to rival kingdoms, Songtsen Gampo's idea for forming an alliance was to marry a Tang princess. So in 634, he dispatched Gar Tongsen Yulsung to the Tang capital Chang'an, present-day Xi'an in Shanxi province, to deliver his proposal. But as Emperor Taizong was still considering his options, the Tibetan envoy returned home empty-handed. Not one to easily swallow such an insult, Songsen Gampo's army attacked Songpan County, which bordered Tibet, in what is now southwest China's Sichuan province. Tang troops were successful in driving back the invading forces, but Emperor Taizong realized he should not underestimate the power of his Tibetan neighbor. Six years later, Songsen Gampo dispatched Gar Tongsen Yulsung for a second time, and it was on this occasion that Emperor Taizong consented to the marriage choosing Princess Wencheng to form a union with the Tibetan king. The royal marriage is said to have played a significant role in enhancing relations between Tibet and the Tang dynasty. Legend has it that making the trip with Princess Wencheng were vegetable seeds, tea, and books, as well as craftsmen who employed advanced technological ideas, all of which contributed significantly to promoting cultural and economic development in Tibet. Next, Let's get into some of the details of the painting Bunian Tu, which can easily be found online if you'd like to see it. As you now know, it depicts the Tibetan delegation's second appeal to the Tang court. Characteristically, as with paintings of that period, it features smooth, fine lines using elegant and bright colors. But what elevates it above others is how Yan Liban creates detailed facial expressions and body postures to bring the image to life. On the right, 
The emperor sits on his sedan chair, surrounded by nine strikingly slim maidens. Two hold large fans, one carries a canopy for shade, while six carry the chair. Meanwhile, he looks composed and peaceful. In front of him are three characters standing in a row. The first is an official of the Tang royal court. He is dressed in red robes, and each hand is tucked deeply into the opposing sleeve so that his arms are invisibly crossed in front of himself. The second and third figures appear significantly smaller in stature. At far left of the three men is an interpreter dressed in white. The man in the center is the envoy who appears to be looking at the emperor with great apprehension. But he needn't have been too concerned because, as you probably know, in China, the color red is used to signify happy occasions, and the Tang court official, who stands center stage in this painting, is dressed in red. The nervous envoy is Gar Tongsen Yulsung, and during his time as prime minister of the Tibetan Empire, he made great contributions to the process of unifying the empire and was instrumental in maintaining foreign relations. Now here's where the story of this painting begins to sound like a TV costume drama. When Gar Tongsun Yulsun arrived in Chang'an, he wasn't the only envoy in town hoping to leave with a princess. Camped in the outskirts of the city were diplomatic missions from countries like India, Persia, and Japan, as well as other regions along the Silk Road, and they all wanted to establish a marriage alliance with the Tang Dynasty. Emperor Taizong had himself a dilemma. Assuming that the wisest king had sent the cleverest envoy, he devised a test to help sort things out. And to avoid any language barrier, envoys were not asked culturally specific questions such as those on imperial examinations. Instead, these were more like puzzles to be solved. For example, the envoys were asked to help each of 100 cults find its own mother, or identify Princess Wen Chung from among hundreds of identically dressed court maids. Gar Tongsen Yulsung was the only one able to accomplish all the tasks, and there are frescoes in the Potella Palace in Lhasa that record the tasks Emperor Taizong asked him to perform. Most believe that Bunian Tu depicts the scene when Gar Tongsen Yulsung was summoned by Emperor Taizong, who told him he agreed to betroth Princess Wencheng to Songsun Gampo. But what's puzzling is Gar Tongsen Yulsung's expression. If he had already passed the tests and the court official was wearing red, why so serious? It is said that the painting originally had an explanatory postscript, but it faded away over time. Two centuries later, a calligrapher named Zhang Boyi wrote a new postscript that reinterprets the painting. According to his postscript, the painting is not about Emperor Taizong granting Princess Wencheng to Songsun Gampo. Instead, Emperor Taizong had already agreed to the marriage, and Gar Tongsun Yulsun merely came to escort the princess back to Tibet. At the meeting, Emperor Taizong appointed him General of the Right Guard, and betrothed his grandniece for him to take as his wife. It was this last gift that caused the famous frown to appear on Gar Tongsen Yulsen's face. According to the scroll, he replied that he already had a wife and that he could not turn his back on her. This response further increased Emperor Taizong's appreciation for the man, but according to historical records, Gar Tongsen Yulsen never did marry Emperor Taizong's grandniece. Now, as I said in today's intro, 
The painting Boonian 2 has endured a tumultuous life, similar to those characters in TV costume dramas. Over 1,300 years, it's been passed from one owner to the next, and it was damaged and repaired many times to the point where now there are disputes over its authenticity. Some say it is an authentic work by Yen, but others believe it to be a copy made in the succeeding Song Dynasty, which lasted from 960 to 1279. Some experts doubt whether this painting was created by Yen at all. For instance, painter and art history researcher Chun Pei Chiu challenged the accepted wisdom after comparing Bunian Tu with other paintings attributed to Yan Liben. According to Chun, some of the more questionable details include that on such a formal diplomatic occasion, Emperor Taizong would be unlikely to sit on a sedan chair to receive an envoy. Moreover, while Emperor Taizong was said to have received Gar Tongsun Yulsung in winter, the thin silken clothes and cooling fans seem out of place. Chun also points to the slender shape of the court maids in an age when the tongue considered being plump as a sign of beauty. But there's also reason to believe that the painting is indeed a tongue original, or at least a song copy that's faithful to the original. The painting is almost photographic in its composition, featuring subtly defined characters and tightly controlled lines. And Yan Li-bun was a high-ranking official within the imperial court whose skill as a painter had made him famous. Therefore, he's the only artist who would have been permitted to attend such an important event. So maybe the painting preserved in the Palace Museum is a 1,300-year-old Yan Li-bun original. Or perhaps it's an 1,100-year-old copy made during the Song Dynasty. Either way, Bunian II brilliantly captures a turning point in history, bearing witness to the friendly alliance between the Han and the Tibetans, while inspiring legions of Hanfu-wearing bridesmaids. Well, that's the end of our podcast. Our theme music is by the famous film score composer Rock Chun. We want to thank our writer Song Yimin, translator Yang Guang, and copy editor Pu Ren. And thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, please tell a friend so they too can understand the context. <laughs>